Don't go weary in well-doing. Because if you faint not, you will reap a reward. Do uh, most of you wear a seatbelt when driving or riding in a car? <laughs> yeah. We didn't all used to. And now it seems like it's, you don't even give it a thought. Unless you're one of those who don't wear one. You see, it's something that we've been programmed to do, to put on a seatbelt in a car. In 2021, half the vehicle occupants who died in crashes were not restrained. They didn't have a seatbelt on. And having investigated many of those myself, I'll tell you that, and a former non-seatbelt wearer for many years, they saved lives. From 1975 to 2017, seatbelts have saved an estimated 375,000 people. And now we just do it, boom. Just stick it on. Just put it on. Because we know that we may be in a crash. Because you don't know when a crash is going to occur. You can't ever tell or you wouldn't get in your car that day, right? Yeah, man, if I'm going to total my car today, I'm not going anywhere. But it doesn't happen like that. You never know. We're in a series right now on body armor. And we're talking about not just the physical body armor. You know what that is. A ballistic vest and a shield, boots and a helmet, breastplate, weapons, body armor. It's what law enforcement and police wear all the time. As a matter of fact, they wear it now. They didn't used to, but they wear it now just like they would putting on a seatbelt. It's just second nature. To do it. Because you don't know when something's going to happen. But we're not just talking about physical body armor in this body armor series. We're talking about spiritual body armor. Because you do not know when Satan's going to come knocking. When you're going to leave a window open for Satan to get in. Or or when Satan will just attack because guess what? We are in a battle. And if you think that we're not, just read the news. I don't have to be specific about anything. And you could read the news 50 years ago and 100 years ago and another 100 years ago, and you'd realize that we're locked in a battle. You can go back to Genesis and figure out that we're locked in a battle with Satan. In Ephesians 6, and this is where we've settled this last week, we talked about Breastplate of righteousness and a belt of truth. We're going to put that together with a couple of more pieces this week. And I'll tell you, you will not want to miss a a sacred cow that's going to be cooked next week in this scripture. But we'll just stay here today. Ephesians 6.11, put on the full armor of God so you can take a stand against the devil's scheme. So first of all, you got to put on all the armor. I hope you can get through this week and next week for us to finish all of this armor so you don't have to have it, but read ahead because we're going to cover it. 
And you're going to have to put on all of the armor. You know, if you only push the seatbelt over, but don't latch it, it's no good. I'll just stick it under my pants. And so when I see the cop, he'll think I got the seatbelt on. I'm sure nobody's ever done that. (laughs) Or I'm sure when you're driving by somewhere and you realize you pulled up next to a cop, you do the slide. Right? Ease that thing over. Don't make any eye contact and you hope it clicks. Yeah. The whole armor. And it's the armor, not of us. It's the armor of God. We've got to have God's armor is what we're talking about. Because in order to do that, that is the only way we can stand against the devil's schemes. Do you know that the devil has a scheme for each one of us? He knows our weaknesses. He knows our faults. He knows our weak points. He knows where he can get in if we leave the window open or door open. He'll come after us if we're strong to try to get us. He'll try to flank us to get on side of us. Yeah. Because it says in Ephesians 6, 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And that's where we are today. We're in a heavenly realm. And it says this, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled. You know, we talked about the belt of truth last week, a duty belt. Truth is narrow. Truth is not wide. And if you're going to put on the belt of truth and gird your loins, as it says in some versions, truth is narrow. There's only one way. Now, Satan will tell you there's many ways. And many religions will tell you there's many ways. But there's only one way. Truth is narrow. Stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place. It's that ballistic vest, that bulletproof vest. And we can't have somebody else's armor. We've got to have our armor that God made for us. He, he hammered out this breastplate of righteousness for us through his son, Jesus Christ, who through him we are righteous, not of ourself, but it's through the righteousness that Jesus Christ gave his life for, died for, was buried and rose again, that we have righteousness. He made us righteous, not us. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We had the belt of truth last week. The breastplate of righteousness, the ballistic vest. This week we're going to talk about combat boots and a ballistic shield. I'm sure you've all seen combat boots. You may not have worn them, but there is a reason for them to be there. Duty boots. You don't wear flip-flops in the battle. Right? Not even if you're on the beach. You've got to have boots in order to protect your feet. Come up around your ankles, those weak joints. You don't know what's going to happen with your feet. You see, here's what Muhammad Ali said. It's not the mountains ahead to climb that wear you out. It's the pebble in your shoe. I want you to just think about it for a minute. Do you have a pebble in your shoe? Because if you do, 
It irritates you. And it's always there. It may be the smallest little twig. When I wear my boat shoes, I don't wear socks. And every now, almost invariably, something gets in that boat shoe, and I've got to take it off and shake it out. Can I get a witness? <laughs> it's not just me. Yeah. And so this pebble in your shoe is what can stop you from moving forward. It's, it's a pebble in your shoe that can keep you from advancing. Verse 15, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You see, you've got to have peace. And you've got to have your peace anchored before you move forward. If you don't have God's peace, try to get your own peace when you're under attack. Your pupils dilate. Your heart rate increases. Your nervous system tenses up. It's that fight or flight syndrome. It's automatic. And in order to be in battle, I'll tell you this from a personal level and from a training level. You've got to learn how to get through that if you're going to fight. You've you got to get into and past those fears in order to advance. The gospel of peace. The gospel should give us peace. The gospel is the good news. And it should give us peace in our feet. See, this peace serves as a foundation for the peace of the gospel. If you've got somebody coming at you in battle and you aren't at peace with what you're fighting for, you, you won't be any good. John 16.33 says this, I've told you these things so that in me, this is Jesus speaking, in me you may have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble. It may come as a doctor's report. It may come as a bank statement. It may come as a crash or a death of someone close to you. There's an untold way that these things can come at you. In this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. You see, when you put on peace on your feet, when you have your combat boots that are in peace, and you know what you're doing, you have peace in it. You know, one good way to make a decision is if you're making a decision and you're saying, man, I, I don't know about that, or should I do that? I, you've got all these doubts coming from everywhere, and you've examined the issue. If you don't have peace about it, you shouldn't move forward. Amen. I mean, it's one thing to walk in faith, and if you're walking in faith, you're saying, okay, God, I trust you. I don't know about this, but you've spoken to me about this. I'm going to take a step. And God may say, take a side step, Louis. Go to the left. Go to the right. It says the peace of God, in Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God which transcends or surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. So, 
with your feet fitted with the readiness, the preparation that comes from the gospel of peace. You see, when you do that, you can be flexible. Think about this. Combat boots, they advance the fight. You've seen people put on their boots to go to work, steel-toed, linemen. There was a man out here the other day cutting down one of the trees. His people didn't have on flip-flops. They had on steel-toed boots that came up almost to their knees to protect their legs because they advanced to the tree that had to be taken down, which was 40 or 50 feet. They attacked it. They went right after it. Combat boots advance the fight. Because you see, if you're afraid and you don't have the peace of the gospel, you're not going to move forward. You're going to just stand here and here's an enemy coming at you. What are you going to do? You better advance. Isaiah 43 says this, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness, in the bushes, in the trees. I'm making a way that could be confusing, and I'm going to be there, and I'm making streams into the wasteland. You've got to have the peace of gospel in order to fight the wiles of the devil. For God is not the author of confusion, the Scriptures say, but peace. But I'll tell you this. It says this, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. I've got a son who's in the military. He's being taught new things, how to advance and how to flank, how to buddy rush, how to do things in groups. He's being taught that. You have to learn that. It's not natural to go against something that's scary. It's not natural. It's not our human nature to do it. We've got to have the peace of God in order to advance. The Holy Spirit, who I'll send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I don't give you peace as a world. You can try to get peace on the Internet. You can try to get it from TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. You can try to get it from all your friends, especially those who aren't Christian, because they'll talk to you all the time about the things you need to do and how you need to do it, because they haven't been in your shoes. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. The Bible says that we should be alert and of sober mind, because the enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's coming to us. And you've got to have the whole armor of God. Yeah, you've got to have the belt of truth. Yeah, you've got to have the breastplate of righteousness. You've got to put on these combat boots. The peace of the gospel. Because the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. And I've come that you'd have life and have it more abundantly. Put on your boots. Get the pebble out of it. That's going to irritate you. A pebble in your shoe won't give you peace. It'll give you agony. Put on your boots. Advance the fight. What God has sent you to fight. You can't fight my fight. I can't fight your fight. God's got a fight for us. He knows we can win. He's put us in a position to win. And with your feet shotted with the peace of the gospel, 
you get the shield of faith. It's a ballistic shield. They're really neat. I don't know if you've ever had one or not. I'm right-handed, so it, it goes like this. Now, depending upon the shield, how heavy it is, you've got you've to gotta have, they've even got some with straps to hold it up. And it's a ballistic shield as you advance. And usually when you're advancing in, in battle or in a fight, there's glass on the floor, there's nails, there's boards you have to go over. When you're advancing in the street towards something bad, and you've got this ballistic shield and you've got your weapon, you better be able to have peace. You better be able to have truth. You better be able to have the breastplate of righteousness to, to advance because it's coming at you. But you've got this ballistic shield, the shield of faith. And it says this in Ephesians 6, in addition to this, take up the shield of faith. See, they're stored one by one over here. They're in the trunk of a car or an SUV. They're in the back of a Humvee. You've got, you got to take it up. You can't leave it. It's part of the armor of God. Take up. Look, when you face something this week, you better put your boots on. You better grab that shield, the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So number one, you've got to take it up. And you've got to take up this shield of faith. Let me just talk about that for a minute. Ephesians 6, I'm sorry, Ephesians 2 says this, For it's by grace you've been saved through faith. And it's not this for yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that anyone can boast. The, the shield of faith comes from God. The shield of faith comes from believing in Jesus Christ as the one who gave us life eternal. And the shields in the old days, in biblical times, to kind of put this back then, they were large. They were large enough that sometimes you would have an armor bearer that would carry the shield. And the shield was big enough so that you could stand behind it. Have you ever heard an arrow going through the air? I mean, in real life. Maybe on TV you've heard it, you know. Whoosh. So when it's real life... It's pretty scary. If you've been around an archer who can shoot, and, and they're skilled enough, you can get on the side and listen as the arrows go by. It's an amazing sound. And when it hits a target, it's got a thump that you'll never forget. Oh, yeah. For it's grace you've been saved through faith. And what are these flaming arrows? What's Satan going to shoot at you? I'll just give you a few. But you probably know already what arrows Satan has shot at you. Temptation. Doubt. How about feelings of unworthiness? Has he shot that arrow at you? He shot it at me. Vengeance or revenge. Shot a couple of those at me. I could see them coming. They had a broad head on them. How about despair? 
or feeling lost and unloved. Has, has he shot that arrow at you? You see this temptation there? I want you to know this. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation is overtaking you except that is common to mankind and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he'll also provide a way out so that you can endure it. See, that shield will stop temptation. If you've got doubt, listen to what Proverbs says about that. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and your mind. And don't rely on your own insights or understanding. And all your ways recognize and acknowledge him. And he'll direct and make straight and plain your path. If you had the doubt era shot at you, I don't know, God. Here comes this doubt era. You pick up the shield of faith. And it's going to stop that error. You know, often in biblical times and even in early history, arrows would be dipped and put on fire. See, it's a flaming arrow. Can you imagine? And the reason it was a flaming arrow is because the shield often would be wood on the outside, but maybe metal on the inside. How thick are you going to make it? How hard are you going to make it? And an arrow is scary enough, and being in a real fight is scary enough. But when you have that arrow coming at you, and it's burning, yeah. My father was in World War II, and uh, he was in Germany, and he had what was called a Browning Automatic Rifle, B-A-R. There was one in a squad, and they were pinned down by the enemy. In Germany, and the enemy was up on a hill in a barn, shooting at him. And these 12 men, the only way out was down a narrow road with telephone poles and one little wire. And my father had the Browning automatic rifle, the BAR, 30 caliber. Those men ran as far and fast as they could while my dad sat there and shot at the people shooting at him. But he had a plan. Every sixth round, fifth round or sixth round, was a tracer round, a phosphorus round. So he pulled them all out, put a whole magazine of those hot, fiery rounds in his rifle. And he knew that when he shot his rifle, he was out of ammo Nobody could cover for him. It was the only rifle. And as he shot his rifle into that barn that was full of hay and was made of wood, it caught on fire. And he ran down that road. He told me he could hear the bullets hitting that tiny telegraph wire the size of a pencil. He said, how could they have missed me? I'll never know. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. He had the shield of faith. He didn't give up. His boots, they were grounded in the peace of the gospel. He had the breastplate of righteousness on him and the belt of truth. I say amen, daddy. Amen, Amen, daddy. Lean and trust in and be confident in the Lord. And all your ways recognize him. He'll acknowledge him. He'll direct and make straight and plain your path. 
He did it with him. God will do it with you. Yeah. If you've ever felt unworthy, listen to this, what Luke 12 says. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies yet? One of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Don't ever think you're unworthy because God gave his son for us. Yeah, and if you're feeling lost or unloved, let me just tell you this. Here's what Jesus says. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders off, will he not leave the 99 on the hill and go look for the one that wandered off? The answer to that is he will. You are loved. And if he shot this unforgiveness arrow at you, this revenge one, Proverbs 10 says this, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers a multitude of sins. So in addition to this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish the flaming arrows. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You see, physical body armor is one thing, but spiritual body armor is everything. So inventory your equipment real quick. Because this week I want you to think about it. This week as you leave here, what I want you to do is realize what you've got. It's in the Bible. You've probably read it before. But I just want to make sure that you understand that this is for you. The belt of truth, that duty belt, it's narrow. The breastplate of righteousness, it's a ballistic vest. But it's made for you. It's custom made to fit you. Your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace, your combat boots. I have peace in doing what I'm doing. God, I know that Satan is coming after me. It's his job to steal, kill, and destroy. I know he's going about like a roaring lion, seeing who he can devour. But I'm in peace. Amen. And with the shield of faith, that ballistic shield, yeah, you've got that. The Scripture says it will extinguish the flaming arrows. Make sure... And have it ready when you need it. Because you will need it. And without body armor, you play defense and not offense. Our God is an offensive God. The heavenly hosts advance against Satan. God doesn't cower in a corner. He's not wringing his hands up there reading CNN and Fox trying to figure out, Oh my God, what am I going to do? No. He's got it figured out. So this week, I want you to be thinking about this armor that God has given you. I want you to rest in peace and truth and righteousness. Will you do that? Because it's for you. It's for you. It's for you. Amen. Amen. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to have communion next. And it's timely that we have communion. Because we're talking about battle. We're talking about fighting. And Jesus, he performed the ultimate fight. And he defeated Satan. So what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to pass out the elements.
when you get them, hold them. And then once you, uh, once you get them, we're going to do communion together. Go ahead, guys. Thank you, Bonnie. So, so the scriptures talk about communion. They talk about the Last Supper. And see, the Last Supper, it might have been the Last Supper, but it was the First Communion. You see, Jesus started a new thing. See, in the flesh, He was fixing to leave this earth. But in the Spirit, He instituted communion so that we could remember Him. And the Scripture says that when we practice the ordinance of communion, that we should examine ourselves. And so I'd ask you to examine yourself in light of this body armor series. Do you have the whole armor of God? Are you taking it up? Are you keeping it? Are you using it? Because if you're not, you're easy prey. Examine yourself to see if... You're living for Christ like you know you should, like Christ will be speaking to you. I mean, God has got this ballistic vest for you. He wants you to put it on. He wants you to be narrow in your truth and not wide. He wants you to have peace. He doesn't want a pebble in your shoe. He wants you to be able to stand firm. Pick up that shield. And not face, but defeat the flaming arrows of the devil. It's a victorious fight. It's a fight that you are going to have. And it may be open, or it may be in the very stillness of your bedroom your back porch maybe in a waiting room Jesus uh, when he was having the last supper and the first communion you know he says I am the alpha and the omega the first and the last He, he told his disciples he took the bread and he broke it and he says Hey, this is my body. It's broken for you. Take and eat. And likewise, he, he took the cup, which represented his blood. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant. I've got a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. And as we examine ourselves, I want you to know that God is doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing for all of us. But He's doing a new thing for you. Take. Your Father, we thank you today that we can examine ourselves, that you would speak to each one. And Father, if there are those who don't know you, they would come to you today just with something so simple as God, I'm a sinner, I, I know that. I want to 
change my life. I want to give my life to you. It's that simple. Hallelujah. 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 Go in peace. In Jesus' name.